Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, relationships, and sometimes robots. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So have you ever wondered if the future of humanity will include people being coupled with robots? Will you be able to have a long, loving relationship or even have sex with a robot someday? Perhaps you won't even have to find your soulmate. You'll just have to create a soulmate. On today's show, we're going to be talking about what we can expect from artificial intelligence in the future, especially when it comes to robots as companions. And we're going to bring up the topic of the Me Too movement and how it has gone too far in the workplace. Mm, Can't wait. You know, there's certain shows that I really like having a great guest and today our guest is actually in studio with us and she's she's from the future you know she she came here in her spaceship (laughs) but before we get into uh today's show we want to remind you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex then you need one of our top waterproof blankets it's 100% waterproof and leak proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets from messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new and you don't have to leave your house to get one simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today search top waterproof blanket that's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. You know, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are so excited to welcome today's special guest from outer space. <laughs> Bobby Bidochka is a change advocate. She lives in a world where the possibilities are endless. She's the co-chair of the 2021 Montreal Academic Conference called Love and Sex with Robots. And of course, she's authored the book, Sex and Business, as well. Yeah, she's not really from outer space, but it sure seems like, you know, she's into the future. And this is going to be one of those cool shows. We but did honey, one she's f- right here in our studio I with know, us. I know, she is. But we did <laughs> one of these great shows a couple of years ago with Brian Cole, and it had great ratings. So everybody, please stay tuned. Listen to the end of the show. We got some cool stuff. Bobby? Welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks for actually being here in our studio. It's very rare that we have people here. We're normally on location. Wow. Welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. We're just lucky that we're practically neighbors. Uh, yes. I thought you were going to say lucky that we're practically naked. We can't be telling everybody <laughs> that, Bobby, please. <laughs> we yes, could, we, we can, absolutely are neighbors. That's so cool. We we're can happy fix to that naked you. thing easily. <laughs> so, I mean, well, let's just get started with what's going on today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this COVID-19 um, pandemic and how it has changed your life in the last year? Well, um, I would say that... I'm a lot busier. Okay. Um, It takes a lot longer to accomplish the same things as we used to. So yeah, COVID has been um, pretty good to me. We're definitely busier uh, than before. I've had, uh, I'm still getting a lot of opportunities uh, for my business. So that's great. 
But um, I have to say, there's nobody other than my husband that I would be happy to be confined with um, than him. He really is um, a magnificent husband and father, and so I'm. There's nobody who understands me better, um, and really, it's it's been great. Do both I, of you guys work at home? Like yes, we both work at home, and it, you know, for a while the kids were home too. So trying to manage full time jobs um, with the kids home, so it's great that they're back in school and went to daycare. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just get along so well, so then it's it's really been okay. I know we've taken out a lot of sex toys in our COVID experience. Have you, besides having sex with your husband, um, tried anything new? Used your batteries to the <laughs> extent? <laughs> I have to regretfully say no. It's just been sort of... Same old? Same, not same old, okay. but same thing. Okay. So it, it, it really had just been... COVID has not affected our sex life. Let's just say that. And what about other relationships that you have in your life? And is other things changed? Family or friends? friends? It, it's we're just all really making the effort to keep in touch um, over over Zoom and whatnot. So oh, it's it's definitely. I mean, I'm a people person, and I really like face to face. So I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. Um, but you know, we all know this is a temporary situation, and we're just keeping in touch um, as best we can. And we know that it's just taking care of each other, taking care of ourselves. Um, and then, you know, this will pass. Yeah, absolutely. We've, so, we've done a really good job of um, about not getting fat. Yeah, you know, that that has happened. Well, I, I can't really say. There's a few extra COVID curves just right there here. There was a few COVID <laughs> 10 pounds there, but we're working on it. Do you know yeah. what it is? It's because when we're fucking, I'm doing all the work lately, mm. and <laughs> I'm burning off mm. those extra calories, and you're just lying there. I know I'm you're having multiple it. orgasms. It's all good, baby. Like you want sex all the time, so I say just go ahead. Tonight, you got to do all the work. Tonight, you're on top. <laughs> Reverse cowgirl, you're doing all the work. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that every time, but he's happy to do the work, and I'm happy to take it in. The extra COVID curves are definitely from the extra snacking. I think a little bit of boredom. Everybody's seen a little bit of boredom. Yeah. What about Being the wine? Home. Yeah, oh, there's oh, yeah. more wine. Oh, more <laughs> wine. <laughs> There's and we won't tell everybody that we do have some wine as we're speaking here, but <laughs> that's okay. It's all Uncock good. Somewhere. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit about how you got into the sex tech industry and how you got to be the, one of the organizers of the conferences, Love and Sex with Robots. Well, I'm writing this book called Sex and Business, and um, doing all the research for the book, I really came to realize how much of a strong affinity I had towards the um, sex research, and I'm just fascinated by... Um, you know, everything sort of sex related. I think it's a really interesting topic. I also work for a tech incubator uh, during the day. And then I also run a company called Imagination on the side, which is an events company. And so I started to see uh, these three things converge. Um, and so I started to reach out to different um, conferences or events that were sort of sex industry related. Um, and then I came across Love and Sex with Robots. So I sort of just got some introductions there and had a chat with uh, Dr. David Levy, who is the author of the book, Love and Sex with Robots. And they have a Congress. And I just offered, like, how can I get involved here? And he was really happy. Um, he was looking for someone to inject some energy into the conference. Is he local here in Montreal? He's actually in the UK right okay. now. And they've, they've, they've run the conference... Um, four times before at different 
uh, points uh, throughout the globe. This year it'll be virtual, of course, um, in December, December 7th and 8th. And then um, we're going to bring it to Montreal for 2021. I know. So we are super so excited. Rumor has it we might be doing our show on location uh-huh, from there. We definitely, definitely can help are. you promote we're it gonna, as well. We're we don't have do a choice. Our, I've decided. <laughs> You've decided. Okay. Woo-hoo. We're going to do our first show with a sex robot answering questions. Ooh, we're well. going to see how good the AI intelligence is. We're not going to give him any talking notes we're, or her or it. I guess there's... There's both. They have male and female. Okay. Or they. they. Or they. Yeah, the pronouns and all that different things. All right, we're going to have to prepare (laughs) for that. Yes. (laughs) We will definitely prepare for that. (laughs) So, you know, uh, all of this robot talk, we get a little bit scared when we think about artificial intelligence because most of us don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. But is it going to be that it'll be one day taking over the world? I, I don't think in that context. So really, I mean, AI is... At the very heart of it is, is machine learning, and it's just training data models to do, to automate things. That's really what AI is. Um, I'm not convinced that AI or robots, for that matter, in this whole, um, you know, we think about the sort of the movies that, yeah. that show robots taking over the world. I really can't see that happening. Um, but you know, AI is very useful in that it does automate a lot of things for us. And so, you know, when you think about, um, you know, the the way that your cell phone offers autocorrect, mm-hmm. I mean, this is AI, right? So it's very helpful. Oh. So a robot is going to autocorrect how I'm fucking Carol. Oh, you're not at the right angle. You're not hitting your G spot. No, but he's just going to do it right. I'm just going to fuck the robot and do it right. And I have then, to worry about the wrong angle. He's going to know the yeah, right well, angle. No, because but, they get trained. <laughs> but then you, oh, then you use me for DP. I'll be on the other end. Oh, sure. If that's what you're thinking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's okay. All good. So with this artificial intelligence, a very good example, what you said is your smartphone, but how else is artificial intelligence working with us already that we don't even know? I mean, it's, you know, when you write an email on Google, it, it helps you fill in the, in the words. Um, I mean, almost every online platform has some degree of, of machine learning. and So artificial intelligence in the way that people envision it with with this future of robots thing, it's really not quite there yet. It, we're really talking about machine learning mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. which is algorithms, complex algorithms, that when you feed in a lot of data, like a ton of data, then it can output um, predictability and automate things in a way that helps us in our lives. Um, and so, you know, when you think about now you have the cars with some, um, you know, with the cameras detecting other cars around it, and then some algorithm tells that car, your car, to put on the brakes or different types of things. Um, I mean, it's 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 really quite ubiquitous, but it's very much in a way that is um, in the background. But we've seen some of those sex bots. We've seen them as when we interviewed, like you said, Bryony Cole about we talked about the future of sex. Um, is it really possible to train? robots to be your friend i mean it it is in a way so i think we're we're a bit far off in robots being able to um think about invent new ways of being ethical or moral or creative but once you get enough training into any ai model it will respond to you in a way um that resonates with you so for example um 
you know, you can use, there's lots of chat bots of different types of, of websites right now that can answer your questions. So a chat to, bot. A chat bot to yeah. some degree of, of accuracy, okay. not always, but some degree. Um, and also when you think about, um, so they have now sentiment types of databases where, so IBM, for example, has a huge database of sentiment that some of these new um, online um, psychologists or online therapists can, so you ask the therapist, ex- kind of explain your problem, and this online chatbot can respond to you in a way that, um, with the right tone and with an answer, so they can respond to you with emotion. So, so you're s- saying sentiment means emotion. Emotion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that already exists. Okay. Um, and so it's just a matter of, of applying what sort of already exists in in, in, in the tech to robots. But the problem with any AI and machine learning is the amount of data. So we need more data input in order to get the proper output from a robot. And is there enough data like Not yet. out there? Okay, so that's where the time and energy right now. And, yeah. and who's working on this right now? Uh, there are some researchers working on, but not enough because you just need, you need a, like a phenomenal amount of data mm-hmm. in order to get very um, nuanced responses Pre- to precise people. Things. Yes, but uh-huh. I also think that we should not necessarily expect to be a robot to respond to you in an emotional way that is equivalent to human being. I don't think that the idea of sex robots is to replace a human. It's more to augment. It's just to be something else in the way that a dildo is oh, not meant right. to respond to real penis, uh, re- replace a real penis. Right. But okay, we, that makes a lot of sense. We've heard about that there's now like brothels, that it's all, mm-hmm. we'll call it, um, intelligent sex bots bots or robots Mm -hmm. that you go into and you ask them you know what you want and they do it but do the robots actually know how to kiss you back how to um, sense that your cock is hard or your clit is erect not yet so how how do they know to keep going well, do they ask the questions? Well, they can always keep going, right? Because there's no need for stopping. Like they, the Energizer Bunny. Not quite yet. <laughs> not quite yet. The brothels are more like sex doll brothels right. than they are sex robots. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, some of the issues that people um, uh, have raised with sex robot brothels is that people who tend to go to brothels might actually be abusive to some of the robots. And so we, what we don't want to do is train them in the wrong way. Oh. Um, and so that, that's get, a bit of a So concern. the training is by the repetitive type of treatment. Exactly. And that's kind of training them. That trains them oh, to respond in the wrong way. Oh. So um, I know a girl who actually runs a chatbot company in California, and they did a big study and realized that people who are interacting with chatbot or for for Siri and, and um Alexa. Alexa. Alexa, and for that matter, people are actually quite abusive oh. to, to Siri and chatbots. And the problem with training a chatbot, say, for a cell phone company or some company that's trying to respond is that people are often asking them, can you be my girlfriend? <laughs> I want to fuck you. Oh. I love you. So this is, and then they get trained for that. So like right. how do, they're trying to figure out how do we untrain the model uh-huh. to, for those aspects and train them for the ones that we actually want because wow. they can't control what people say to chatbots. They can't control what people say to Siri right now. Right. And this is a major problem. So we actually talked with uh, Cindy Gallup from Make Love Not Porn just Mm -hmm. recently. And the interesting thing is that um, one of the main reasons that she wanted to put make up this website, which is social sex Mm -hmm. rather than produced sex, 
porn is okay on its own, as long as you understand you're watching porn, is because she realized that humans, people, starting to mimic porn, which is not real sex. And she saw that herself because she likes to uh, date younger men. Mm -hmm. And the young man wanted to know if, uh, okay, do you want me to come on your face now? Because like in this moment of what he's been watching on porn for so long, this Mm -hmm. is now when the guy takes out his cock and jacks off on her face. And so she- That was the problem with porn up up until this point is people are consi- like using that as sex education exactly yeah. so Which i understand what you mean by training here here porn is training young men mm-hmm. to do and it. women yes i guess and women yes. as well and that's true because then when we saw um sex education on tv where the girl was that she wanted like she was expecting it she's asking for can you now come on my face and he's there really is that what you want well, I thought that's what you wanted. Yeah. Because watching porn, that's what the guy does all the time. Right. You can do it now. I'm ready. Okay. She's yeah. bracing herself and they for it. Out, you know? Yeah. Yes. And whereas it was training her to expect to have come all over her face. Now, I'm not saying anything against come on your face. It no, could be a fetish. It could be whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But I guess it's about consensual uh, respect with each other, asking, do you want it yes. or not? Yes. Right. Instead of expecting it. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I understand how those brothels could be breeding sex spots uh, in an abusive way. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. When did you find out about uh, sex brothels, David? I don't know. I just see it online. <laughs> People talk about it. They're yeah. big in, I guess, Asia. Yeah, absolutely. So there I- actually, I, I understand there's one in Toronto that recently got shot. There is one in Montreal. Oh. I don't, I don't. I want to discover it mm-hmm. and just go talk to these people and mm-hmm. find out what's going mm-hmm. on. But mm-hmm. I think they're not, they're not robots. Mm. They're, oh, they're, they're sex, sex dolls, dolls more or yeah. less. Yeah. The high end ones, not the blow up ones. Right. Nonetheless. This is all so exciting and so interesting. Let's just take a moment here and remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And, and we are talking with author and AI enthusiast, Bobby Bidochka, all about sex, love, and robots. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolandavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right, we're back. You know we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are having a great chat today with author and changemaker Bobby Badochka as we get into 
her upcoming book called Sex and Business. So Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this book? Um, well, I started to notice um, after the Me Too movement how um, people were reacting to it that actually negatively affected women's advancement. Um, in particular, um, men were kind of starting to close the door to mentorship opportunities, for example. Um, going for dinner um, with a mentor was no off limits. If we were going to have a meeting, has to be open door or third party present, which makes it very hard to build a relationship. And yet when it's man to man mentorship, you can easily go for beers and do all that. And so then women were kind of getting shut out for that. Um, you could start to see some hesitation to certain companies wanting to hire women because of the chance that they might mm -hmm. um, produce a harassment case, which obviously is bad for business, um, but also, you know, bad ethically. Um, and so, you know, nobody wanted to risk that. Um, there's something called a Mike Pence rule, which means, um, so Mike Pence won't go to a cocktail without his wife if um and also this is mike pence the vice president the vice of the president. United States. so he has rules right of how he can conduct himself in public it means if if you and i um david are going to a conference together and we have to get on an airplane we cannot sit beside each other we cannot have a hotel room on the same floor but he made these rules for himself and his wife um it, it, yes okay. or actually so maybe she made them i mean i don't know okay. how they came Got about um, but then they sort of um, evolved through into uh, through other people into okay we must restrict our interactions men's interactions with women um, because For we business. fear we fear sexual harassment cases which obviously um, closes the door um, and then in, in in the workplace you can see people now are afraid to compliment each other if you're looking good today I can't tell you that or if I'm looking good you can't compliment me because maybe I don't want to hear that maybe I think it's creepy um, or they take it the wrong way or they take it the wrong way right. there's just now like the whole environment is just very much like on eggshells when people don't know what I can say what's going to get misconstrued um, and people I think are having a hard time reading one another or communicating the signals like I think I make it pretty obvious I like sex jokes go ahead and compliment me you know we can talk about stuff stuff it's okay let's go for beers let's go for drinks if I don't want to have you I'll just say no and like it's okay and if you make a move like any boss of mine who ever tried to say, do something inappropriate do something inappropriate I, mean, I would just put a stop to it immediately but not all women are so comfortable to speak out as right. as I am and not all men are comfortable in understanding the signals like I can't tell if she likes me or not she's being really friendly with me but I like her and we spend a lot of time with people that we work with and people in business. And if I happen to be, you know, be attracted to you or, or, you know, maybe there's something there, we're not sure if we should explore it because what if the other, per like you just, it's just, it's risky now. So, so I wonder if um, this um, new world where people are um, becoming more and more afraid to do something or say something, so the default is to do nothing mm -hmm. is preventing relationships from budding in the office 100 percent, and this is like such a huge huge problem i think it's 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 really an impediment to the fact that you might find the love of your life um at work the fact that um, and i think the stats show that that's one of the places that you do find the love yes. of your life yes yeah or just good sex like yeah. either way there's mm -hmm. lots of opportunities that are lost because people can't seem to figure out how to read a read a situation 
like you should be able to either openly say or figure out somehow if this person's really interested in me or not instead of just going cold and doing nothing at all. And I think that has a lot to do with normalizing discussions about sex or surrounding sex. And the more normal it is to talk about that uh, and not be uh, ashamed or shy or, Mm -hmm. oh my God, he mentioned penis. Ah, yeah. Or you can't mention penis in the office. That's not allowed. How dare you, right? Yeah, how dare you? Exactly. In front of my ears, like, whoa. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we just need to normalize discussions surrounding sex and sexuality and and what you like and what you desire. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I just, it's such an important biological part of ourselves I don't think HR policy is ever going to write that out. Mm-hmm. Like you just, can't, they the can't more risk people it. try to eliminate it, the more problems you're going to have, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the Me Too movement didn't have a lot of efficacy. Of course. Um, it's really great that it called out a lot of, um, um, you know, cases and abuses that, that needed to get dealt with. But there's second order consequences that I think um, we need to continue talking about. And that's what my book is about. I mean, what's what's the happy balance between, I mean, the Me Too movement was long overdue. And, you know, we talked um, the other day on our show about, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, um, you know, the rules are ask first, no means no. And if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. And the level of respect and consent has been in the alternative lifestyle, swinging, kink, BDSM, for forever, for years and years and years, because people couldn't have the great sex they have in those worlds without those um, consensual and respectful rules that we live by. And when Me Too came out, we went like, duh, no shit. That's how you're supposed to just treat people in general. And um, the Me Too movement was, was, was great to get out there. But what you're saying is it's gone a little bit too far and it's, it's almost becoming um, a negative for the women out there who can't be or do what they are as a personality because they're afraid and on the other side the guys can't do it mm-hmm. they can't be themselves mm-hmm. because they're worried about getting hit with a harass mm-hmm. an, uh, a harassment case yeah that's it exactly and you know there's it's important to get consent um but i think a lot of people really don't grasp what that means because sometimes it, it could mean literally an explicit like i ask you the question can I come on your face? But not everybody wants to be asked that in an explicit way, right? Or they can it's, say, can I tell you a sex joke? Can I tell you a sex joke? But then it's kind of like ruins the moment right, in a way. Right, right. Um, and so there's explicit consent and then there's sort of tacit consent, mm-hmm. which you can read, but some people read it wrong. So mm-hmm. not everybody's comfortable with outright consent. Right. Um, even though we're calling for that. So then you just avoid altogether. But the respect thing I think is more critical. Now I know one hundred percent for sure in offices and in, in general in, in, in the world in general is that people men, women cannot touch each other without consent. Like putting a hand on a shoulder or if you're sitting beside someone telling a joke and putting your hand on their mm-hmm. arm. Mm-hmm. I personally believe you cannot uh, you know, invade someone else's bubble. Mm-hmm. But with words, words you know, with words is different. Yeah. So I absolutely agree on the Me Too movement that I don't want a man touching me or touching my ass or, or even a hand on the shoulder. If I don't know them, and I, even if they're co-workers that I've worked with for 10 years, I don't need him to touch so, unless I ask for so it. So what's the difference, okay? This is, a, this is a great topic that you brought up. What's the gif- difference? Two guys, I put my hand around Joe's shoulder. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And I pull him into me. I can't do that to a woman. Well, I don't know if he likes that. He might not want you to uh, invade his bubble either, David. 
but not everybody wants to be touched, and I think that's what the point but is here. But am I here. supposed to ask him? I think I, you, I, I think people should not touch the other person. If, you can't ask. That's the thing. It's too weird to I'm ask. Not just well, saying. when yeah. you both approach each other and you're greeting and you're going to hug each other to say hello or kiss its cheek or whatever, shake a hand. There is definitely cues that you are approaching each other to do a greeting. And you're saying hello, but and if that's okay, that someone hugs you or kisses you, I think or, you have to establish that exactly. over time. It's not something you exactly can know that. But you need to sort of get to know the person uh-huh. and whether or not they're because some people are very touchy. Yeah, I'm a big hugger, touchy yes. people yeah, person. Yeah, others sure. aren't, and I actually find the whole you know Quebec kiss kiss thing to be almost a bit intrusive. Like it's you you don't know. I don't necessarily want to kiss every person I meet. I know. Especially right? now with COVID. Well, no, with <laughs> I think it'll go away. But yeah. but you know um, that's kind of funny in the swinging world because we are traveling all the time and meeting other people. We always greet people with the Quebec kiss mm-hmm. on two cheeks. And of course, most Americans don't do that. They'll kiss on one cheek. Uh, and so we always say, "Well, we're from Quebec," so they say, "Ooh, I got two kisses." Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how to. I, then I don't know how to react to that. Is like, yeah. do you like me more than someone else, or like, why do I get two kisses? Some people even do three kisses. I know, and I just forget. Well, there's some European countries that do three kisses, yes. but mostly us going into the United States, where we travel most of our the time, we're meeting Americans mostly. That I, I kind of have to explain. Oh, we kissed two times in Quebec, and I forget because it's so automatic. I think people just have to be careful. Yeah. Um. Uh. And not careful, but maybe just um. Consider it. Yes, consider it. That's consider a very is, good is, point. Is the better is the better and term. feel? Are, are they comfortable? Are they pulling back when I go to hug them? And you know, like David said, putting an arm around. Some people will pull away, and you got to take those cues and don't hug that person. Oh, but who you're going to know away. if you get to know them. You're going to know if you can yes, do that or not. It's yes. not something you can probably do right away. Right. But people um, do have body language. Even, Either you lean into it mm-hmm. or you lean away from yeah. it. And if you're being considerate and you see someone leaning away, you should stop. Mm-hmm. So being considerate and being aware of what the social cues are is kind of going to be the answer to that. If it you is, ask but me. the problem is people are lazy. Uh, and most people want like, this is, this clear is what cut. I hear. They want a clear cut. Yeah. I want to know what to do in every single situation. Uh, Unfortunately, that's, not, just, possible. that's not possible. Yeah. So you have to make an effort um, to be considerate mm-hmm. and to read situations each and every time and i think when people start doing that better we'll have a better workplace and we'll have that's better- something that's teachable you know absolutely we can learn these things these are social things if we can learn how to eat properly with a knife and fork and a napkin and how mm-hmm. how to be courteous and have manners yes that's part of having manners being Agreed. aware of those social cues and then then acting accordingly so we can actually learn these things we i don't make know an i don't know if, if sexual I'm, etiquette we call it i, I get the sexual etiquette but you know, large corporations today, even small corporations today, their default is don't do anything. Eliminate it. And if, if yeah. I was if I was a senior manager in a big company, there's no way I would make any sex, sexual innuendo to a woman or a guy. Um, there's no way, and I'm a jokester, and I love telling dirty jokes, and I'm the guy who will put my hand around someone or um, make a joke like, hey, yeah, that's what she said. I couldn't do that. I would be worried about getting fired yeah. as a guy I think in today's you environment. Fired day one. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I don't know. I consider but that. But it's not that's cool. It's not malicious. It's not malicious. It's just my that's personality. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's the the difference is that people can't tell if that's just part of your personality. Right. That's it. because some of us are more sexual than others, mm-hmm. right? And, and for and some reason, or that's flirty. shamed, yeah. right? Or yeah. flirty. I'm more yeah. flirty. I like sex jokes. Um, but not everybody does. And right. so it, it kind of depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. And I guess the onus is on certain people to assess whether And then or when they read it wrong, then they're in trouble. And then how do you backpedal? Also, it's yeah, so you hard to backpedal. It's, yeah, exactly. it's a bit tricky. But I think if, if, 
if we can get a more sex positive society mm-hmm. going on. Because mm-hmm. I think there's probably more people than you would realize that would rather be more comfortable with sex, but just aren't. Right. And we just need to find that balance. And, and no. you know, I was, I was listening to my son who went to school, who goes to school, he's in college, and they have um, um, not sex education, but this, this um, respectful discussions about what they're supposed to do. And I know a lot of companies are teaching their employees what mm-hmm. they have to do. Because he's on the football team. That's it's make sure that the football team who are very are leaders, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're power people mm-hmm. and that they can't be taking advantage of other. But mm-hmm. they're being taught to not do it, right. to not be yourself, to just, if, if you have to do something, do nothing. And you're, you're, you're just holding back from people's personalities. You're changing. And some people who are gregarious and their personalities is what make them move up. I'm not, I'm not talking about their um, doing things wrong, but their jokes and their sense of humor and their personality becomes part of how they build relationships mm-hmm. with customers and grow their business. Yeah. And now they're being told, well, if you do that, you're not going to have a job. I see it as a tacit shaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I, see, I see it. There has to be a happy medium somewhere. And it, the onus seems to be on the women, yeah. actually, to eliminate our sexuality from business in the workplace mm-hmm. entirely because how dare we wear something sexy or say a sex joke because somehow I'm inviting mm-hmm. sexual harassment. Right. Then. It's almost like an invisible burqa. Well, I'm telling you, one of my two first jobs when, after I graduated from university, my two first jobs in the food industry, uh, both the bosses, well, my very first job and my second job, both the owner of the company and the bosses both seduced me. And, uh, and I felt obligated. We were traveling. Both times we were traveling. We were abroad. We were having dinner. We were drinking. We had too much to drink. And then, uh, you know, and then Alcohol. next, you know, I'm in bed with them. And it was almost like an obligation. What do I, what do, I do? I'm far. One, I was in Finland. The other one, I was in, uh, I don't remember, somewhere in Europe. What do you do? You still have to get on the plane and come home with that person. It yeah. was totally intimidating. But and I wanted that's my job too, the next day. But that's day. what Me Too is all about. Exactly. Yeah. So those things have to stop. They there's yes. there's a yeah, line. They, it's a clear line. You need choice. You need to yes. have choice here. But yeah. what, but like what? If you wanted to, you should be able. Right. I know. But if you exactly. don't, you should be able. Right. So it's really about choice. Right. And, and why can't a woman or a guy dress sexy to go to work oh why sure. can't you that wear should heels not be an invitation and, at and, all and why can't the guy wear a tight shirt that's showing his muscles and showing his tight butt yeah whereas a woman who wants to wear heels and a short skirt and a, a revealing blouse showing her cleavage this it's not saying ah i'm gonna spread my legs and you're gonna fuck me that's just who she wants to right. be or who he I wants am a to sexual be. person yeah. right. either way male or female or other not genders. even sexual i'm just no, but we are sexual beings right. period yeah. and if that's how we want to dress that day and that's how we want to feel that day yeah. and if that's what drives our creativity etc which mm-hmm. it should yes then let us be our sexual beings because that's what we are yeah that's it. you can't deny it no you can't no. let's keep going about the book okay so here i have a question for you uh, can gender equality actually exist in the workplace well so what i have to say about that is that what i'd rather have is respect in the workplace so the idea of equality or equity, and those two terms actually mean two, a little bit of different things, 50-50. Um, whereas I'd rather just have 100-100, and I actually just want the whole topic off the table altogether. Meaning, so don't go all, for equality. D- we all should have opportunities. We all recognize that there are some women who have great skills, and there are some women who don't. And there are some men who have great skills, and there are some men who don't. It's really not gender specific who's good at their good at what they do and right. not so as far as opportunities go what i wouldn't want to see is sort of what's happening if if what's happening now goes too far we're suddenly 
all companies start appointing only women in CEO positions and only board positions. And suddenly we have now a whole world where instead of it being all men, it's all women. Um, you know, it's it's really about diversity. Yeah, but equality means that both have the same opportunity and it should, should kind of be equal. I think to me, equality means if you have a board of 10, five should be men, five should be women. No, it should not be that. It should be whoever... Deserves However, it. it rolls out okay, for whatever you need in random combinations. Okay. So gotcha. if it happens that it goes on this board is 10 men and on that board it's 10 women, we shouldn't really question it. Que- not the, the not it should be questioned. It should be it should be get to the point where it's random. Okay. Where it, it I shouldn't we have to sort of do what we're doing now to get um to that point, but the 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 ideal point to get to is that it's it's a non-issue anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So if you're looking for a board with a skill set of X, Y, and Z, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if they're men or women it, or other or whatever we want to call them, all the different genders together. Is gender, if they sex, have that race, skill set, whatever, yeah, all of it. If they have that skill set, they should be nominated for that position. Yes. Basically, is yes. what you're saying. And the thing about that, the issue right now is that the women don't have equal skill sets mm-hmm. because they weren't afforded the same opportunities. Oh, okay, gotcha. But at some point, when we keep giving women more opportunities, uh-huh. then they will catch up on the okay. skill set gotcha. um, and then it should become a non-issue mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, that makes total sense what like right now it? you have to level up the women um, because they just don't have the same the same experience I've always been for best person gets the job yeah, absolutely. You can't do that right now, though. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I now, get there's it. still a power dynamic, I mean, between men and women. We know that, whether it's in our bedroom, whether it's in the boardroom, um, you know, just in our marriage, we know there's always a power struggle. Yes, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think sex and sexuality affect the power dynamics between men and women? They do right now, um, that's for sure, but they don't have to in a negative way. Um, so we all, there always will be power dynamics among humans. In fact, I would argue that the thing that makes the world go round right now is power and sex. And everything else rolls down from that. Okay. Um, And so it's sex. Some say sex is power and power is sex. But these two things are sort of feed into each other. Um, But in the bedroom, you know, it's it's kind of it depends what you like. Um, But in the workplace, I think that. I think that power is not a zero-sum game and that you can control how much power you have yourself. I, I think there's an unlimited amount of power and it's not like as soon as when men give up power, if they do, which uh, I would say that they shouldn't, um, that there's enough power to go around. And mm-hmm. so it's it's not like men have power and women don't and then women will have it and men won't. There's enough to go around. And is that true in all countries around the world? I mean, you're talking about humanity here, but there are other, you know... No, not right now. No. Oh, no, no, no. Um, But that has a lot more to do with education Mm -hmm. um, than than anything else. So, you know, there's a lot of other countries that are non-Western that the women aren't educated. um, Or or for for that matter, the men aren't educated about um, gender dynamics either. Hey, it's it's changing. Look, Saudi Arabia now, women can drive. Yeah, you know, things so, will change so things eventually. are going to change. Yeah, slowly. Slowly. Yeah. Yes. Too slowly, but slowly. So, do you think that consent and respect for each other can eliminate that need for the Me Too movement if we just teach 
consent and respect in the HR workplace instead of just saying don't do it? How about in school and well, life? Well, everywhere. Yeah. Is yeah, I mean, basically. I think I mean the Me Too movement was extremely important in that it it brought a lot of information to light. I'm not sure that we need to that it will ever be eliminated. Maybe another movement will 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 come um, come up. Um, at some point. So movements tend to sort of, you know, ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with education and awareness, um, things will improve. But, you know, there's no need to eradicate uh, Me Too. It's just more of an, an awareness mm-hmm. um, and just bringing the conversation, you know, realizing that what happened with the Me Too movement and the results of it are more than trust the sexual harassment and sexual violence, which was key to the movement like this is key and super important but there's other sort of things going on in the periphery that we also need to continue talking about you know when we were talking with stephanie middleman about um, back to school and sex education in the schools and she was telling us how you know there are some places in the western world who don't believe in sex education in the schools I mean, I believe... We don't barely believe it here. I know. I get it. Exactly. But I, I believe that before sex education, kids could, should get a course called Consent and Respect Education. And if they're brought up with understanding the non-negotiables of consent and respect, they will be better people. Absolutely. I mean, that's for sure. Like I said, we learn manners. We learn how to say please and thank you. Cindy Gallup spoke about yes, that. Yes, yeah. And about respect had, in the bedroom too. Yeah. And if it you, just needs to be talked about more um, sure. in education it's like and at sexual home. manners, really what it's yeah. all about. And if you respect the person you're with, you respect your own body and the people exactly. around you, yeah. then there would be this sexual harassment going on. I mean, the world would be a nicer place. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a good place to break right now. This is all such amazing, interesting stuff. Let's just remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we've been having an amazing discussion with author and changemaker Bobby Bedochka. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm right here, and I'm going to tell everybody about hedonism. You know, we haven't been there since January. I mean, COVID has really... Um, stopped us from traveling. We normally travel a week a month, but we're hopefully going to be there in December. And if not December, definitely next year. But in December, from the 19th to the 26th, Hedo is having an amazing, an amazing special. They're going to be celebrating with all their loyal, sexy, and erotic guests the lowest rates of the year. Great Jamaican food and some sexy and erotic entertainment. And of course, you know, the amazing award-winning staff. Let's shout out to Winston, Chef Anthony, Kevin, everybody over there. And you know what? One of these days we're going to get back to Hedo. It's not going to be what it used to be, but it'll be a new normal. One thing for sure, we're going to love being naked on the beach. Just visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to stay informed about all the sexy, open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world. Absolutely. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now it's time for Carol's favorite part of the show, where she gets to talk about her great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. I know that's not exactly how it went. I know. It's so special today having a guest in studio, so I'm going to be a little bit different. Don't think that Dave is not having great sex, too, because he makes sure he has his great sex. We know how to do it. Of course. I have the most gorgeous, hottest, sexiest wife in the world. Mm, Thank you, honey. And as you know, we love getting down and dirty with our guests when it comes to this segment of the show, where we get to talk about their great sex life. So Bobby, uh, tell us a little bit about your sexual evolution growing up and, and being a young adult. Um, well, yeah, I was exposed to sex pretty early. So um, 
Most of the boys in the neighborhood when I was around five started to show me their penis. Don't boys love doing that? I know. <laughs> and so there was, a, there was a lot of curiosity. I, and um, I remember also I was exposed to pornographic magazines quite early. Um, and I remember looking at them thinking, you know, that the women were so beautiful. And I never really, I never looked at them in any kind of disgusting or... It just, it didn't seem problematic to me at the time. I just thought that they were really pretty. Um, and, and it was really, you know, I thought about it, I thought about it in, you know, in a positive way. So you started off as a very open-minded woman right from the beginning. I guess so. I mean, you're just born like that, but it's in the DNA or something. But, um, you know, and then, you know, when you get into teenage years, I mean, I also was promiscuous at an early age. Um, More promiscuous than Carol? When's the first time you <laughs> fucked? I was 15. When's the first time you kissed? Oh, like grade five. So, was okay. That well, 10? I kissed at six. <laughs> there you like go. Like full kissing. Oh, okay. Um, so the answer is yes, she was more promiscuous okay. than me. I, and the first I, time I you had sex? earlier than that. Um, I was around 13. Wow. And um, yeah, so in fact, you know, I had sex with this guy it was terrible like it was awful uh, yeah, i mean we were yeah. drinking it was like yeah. weird um but then then i had another guy going down on me like the same night in a different party, party. Uh, basically yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like um and so you know then it it really came to i sort of had the misinterpretation that i needed to have sex with guys in order to get them to like me yeah and, i had the same idea and then it took me a couple of years to figure out this is actually not working so well um, and then I figured out how to get my power back. Um, and then things started to get, you know, you know, really taking ownership of my own sexuality. Um, and then, you know, when you get into your twenties and more decisive about what I wanted to do and what I want to try, I've always been an extremely curious person. I very much like trying things, um, not just in sex, but everywhere. I mean, my favorite things to do are discover new places, new restaurants, meet new people, I just like new shit, mm-hmm. um, knew everything is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. So in my, in my mid twenties, I started to explore into different types of, um, sexual configurations. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of been, um, sort of always there. And when I look back now that, and it really came to light during writing the book is that I realized this thread that has been going on in my life for as long as I can remember, um, and so, you know, just building on all the experiences and then maybe that's my, I'm more comfortable talking about it. You know, I, I gave myself an orgasm when I was 10, very early discovered my own self pleasure, um, which is, I hear a lot of women actually either not ever having an orgasm or not having one until in their twenties or even later, which is like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry that you've been missing out all this time, but it's, it's yeah so it's just kind of always been there that's very cool and i know from your your bio that you've moved around a lot mm-hmm. you've lived in lots of different countries around the world and you've been exposed to lots of different cultures so so where would you have say where would you say that you got the most exposure to sexuality which type of culture and the least well i i've moved more cities than i have countries oh, although see, i have okay. I've traveled to many different countries but um i mean most of my experiences have been Canadian okay um but you know there are definitely a lot of different cultures that operate differently so like when I went to Italy last year for example one thing I really noticed was a the gothic type of um fashion but they had like 
penis limoncello um, mm-hmm. in all of these tourist shops and penis-shaped <laughs> pasta and condom vending machines on the street. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. We don't have that here in Canada. Yeah. I just noticed a lot of penis ah. um, around. I took pictures and everything and everyone's like, Bobby, you just see the world in a different way. <laughs> you notice things that other people don't notice. Um, but if you look at, say, Asia and how Asia deals with um, public or loving relationships. I mean, you 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 can talk to a few Asians who, you know, they they've never heard the words "I love you" from their parents. They don't. They're not affectionate. But yet, if you dig into some of some really interesting porn, I mean, Asian porn that I've seen is the really the most like whoa, the raunchiest, <laughs> raunchy, yeah. so raunchy. Yeah. So it's really interesting. This uh, that whole public private uh-huh. dichotomy uh-huh. in certain cultures and sex and love being so split so yeah. split yeah mm-hmm. yeah That's whereas i mean uh, the west likes to think that they're open sexually but i would actually argue that on the whole we very much like talking about sex and seeing it in movies and tv and music but when it comes right down to it we're actually probably you know more as, conservative as conf- or frigid as as other mm-hmm. other countries mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And I would say Europe is one step ahead of us when it comes to Five the body and nudity and even sex on TV, which is a lot more is mm-hmm. allowed. And, you know, 10-year-olds can be exposed to sex and movies as if it's a normal part of life. And I think that's normalizing look, look, sex. Look at yeah. the main main beach in downtown Barcelona. It's a naked beach. Yeah. Everybody there's Parents, kids, everybody just go naked. Right. We go to Cap Dag in the south of France. There's 20,000 people in the summer there who are all naked. There's the family nudist. There's the swingers. There's the gay one. And everybody cohabitates right. naked. I mean, right. it's just so open and free on, on public beaches. Yeah, yeah and yet, uh, and ironically, the Love and Sex of Robots um, conference um, has, has, has to be more careful in Europe. Because of what for marketing for exposure? Yeah, because of it's just if because of the you know extreme nature of oh, it, okay. and so it's uh, it's also and I hear a lot of talk about Europe is ahead in certain things. I mean, burlesque started in yes, in Germany, sure. yeah, um, but yet they're. So they're closed in some ways and open in oh, other yeah. ways. And the Germany, see, the kink community. But is also, just it's a very, insane. it's a very different thing to be on a nudist beach and be on a sex beach. For it's sure. two very different things. Yeah. So your body and nudity is probably more accepted over there, mm-hmm. but that's not connected to sex. Not like necessarily. You, no, exactly. Yeah. So nudity and sexuality are kind of kind of uh, apart from that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's still a much open, much more open discussion about sex and sexuality in Europe than we have over here in North America. I would say that's probably true. And yet, uh, you know, more sex industry exists in the U.S. There you go. Okay, so you know what I mean? It's not a battle of who's more open than the other. We all need to be open and we all need to be more open than we are currently and that's the goal and normalizing sex discussions, that's the goal. So speaking about all this sex, where did you actually get your sex education from or was it just like learning just learning life experiencing student of life really i mean sex education was nearly non-existent mm-hmm. and it's still is. years ago yeah. it was <laughs> <nearly> non-existent <laughs> it's yeah. a long time ago but um i i'm not even sure that it really i mean i i hear other parents talk about sex education programs in the schools for their kids and I think it varies from province to province, but it really just isn't there either. I mean, they tell no. you about biology. Here's your right. parts. It's yeah. certainly not, um, it's not pleasure-based, sure that's oh, for sure. Oh, for sure not no. pleasure-based. No, 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 we don't talk about that. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So speaking about pleasure and all your travels, have you ever been 
exposed to the kink world, the alternative lifestyle. Um, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey has opened up so many new discussions and avenues to people about what's available out there. Have you seen, have you experienced any of that stuff? I've experienced a little bit. So I would say just tip of the iceberg. You know, like I said, I've had different configurations like of, that word, configurations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep it very vague. We've well, had some orgies with major configurations. <laughs> All different kinds of configurations and toys and different things like that and experiment, you know, with porn and, and things like that. But I mean, that was, I really like where porn is going now with the, with the feminist porn. But so I've been, I would say, fairly acclimated. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very open to uh, kind of like, you know, whatever pleases you. That's mm-hmm. kind of my attitude. Mm-hmm. I'm very sex positive. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of whatever it is that floats your boat, then just go for it. You know, no judgment. And we just did a show last week on the, a documentary, which is called The Truth About Marriage. Um, so what would you say uh, would be one of the most important things uh, in a marriage that keeps it successful? Is sex actually very important in marriage to you? I mean, sex is important. Um, but the thing about sex is that that's subjective to certain people and marriage is subjective to certain people. So a lot of people get married for all different kinds of reasons in different times in different places. Um, and so, you know, some people consider marriage as a place to, um, you know, procreate. And then of course you can't procreate unless you're having sex. Yeah. So that's super important. But then that, that more falls in the line of obligational or duty sex, mm-hmm. um, it, as opposed to other people who are more pleasure centric, Um, and then there are other people who are in different types of marriages. So I think it's really subjective, but what I will say is that I still think that sex is one of the most important things in the world altogether. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Marriage or otherwise. Yeah. Well, we, we say all the time that relationships begin and end in the bedroom. And when we were talking to Roger Nygaard last week, um, from his documentary, The Truth About Marriage, one of the experts on the show was asked about sexless marriages. Right. And he said that if you took out the um, obligational sex, which is you have to have sex to have kids, that close to 40% of relationships in the world would be sexless. Right. Well, the definition of a sexless marriage is having sex less than 10 times a year. And then if you add to that, those that are having sex, uh, obligatory sex or um, du- sex. duty sex right. or whatever, mm-hmm. and you and include those sex. numbers, That's then crazy. it's a yeah. fair amount of people who yeah. are, are in a relationship and they're not having How sex. They're not live? experiencing pleasure. Like, that's just sad. To me, sex is the manifestation Absolutely. of love. Right. This is the most visible, mm-hmm. visceral, physical um, manifestation uh, of sex. And healthy. You know, we've had so many experts on our shows talking about how healthy it is to come. To have an orgasm. Oh yeah. For the mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, bro- even just to experience pleasure, even if you don't have an orgasm, it doesn't have to be the ultimate goal. But to have that connection and that pleasure with your an partner. Having an orgasm releases oxytocin, right, which right. then is the bonding yeah. chemical. But it's all it's anti aging. Yeah. For like sure. I could go on and on actually, right. but the health benefits to sex. You know what Stella Rafini said? We had her on our show. Um, you're supposed to have a guy give you a sperm facial once every two weeks and it'll keep your skin young. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the, the life form of things. Can't you tell looking at my Yes, face. absolutely. <laughs> you look 29, baby. <laughs> That's for sure. 
No, it's, it's, there's nothing more important than, than that. But you know, you have to remember too, that everybody has different definitions and comfort levels at sex. Everyone has different definitions of what they want. Not everyone is sexual. Mm -hmm. Um, and what we don't want to do is shame people Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it's probably, it's the most important thing. Right. What about, what about in a relationship, uh, one partner or the other partner holding sex over the other person's head as a a treat or reward or or punishment or punishment yeah well i mean i mean that's not good no that's in any case whatever it is that they're doing you know insert sex here insert other thing here when there's manipulation obviously that's never a good thing yeah i mean i do find sex very rewarding um on the whole but yeah no this is not a tool um to manipulate your partner. No, no absolutely not. No. no, I agree with you. So if we were to imagine one day that, I love this question. that we could have sex robots, we'll call them, uh, as possible life companions, what kind of qualities would you assign your robot partner? She'd probably have three of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's start with one. Like, What kind of quality would you want your robot to have? Surprise. Oh, one hundred percent. Would they know how to do that? Can we program? I, well, well that? We're, we're assuming that okay. these are yes. options, right? Okay. Yes, so we're exactly. talking in an ideal world. Yeah. I need, I need surprise. You know, Bobby, oh, I like that. The reason people swing is for excitement, right? It's for I, the plain new, and simple. If I the gotta novelty, predict, if I can it's predict, for the no- novelty. It's over. Yeah, like we're done. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I like that idea. Love so, it. so, babe, uh, I should surprise you tonight. Or this afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> or this morning. Okay, it's all good. You surprised me last I night. Think, I think that's a great answer. So, David, what would you want to have in your sex robot companion? What quality would you want? I don't want a robot companion. I'd want Bobby to join us. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, if you did choose a robot companion, let's just say everybody okay. had a robot companion okay. for I some reason to help companion, you with your life. Um, Any dildo that moves <laughs> is technically... A robot. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want a robot companion that understood intimacy, passion, and romance. Oh boy, that's a big task. I don't even know if humans can understand <laughs> yeah, humans that. Can barely how do can that. Underst- how can a human train a robot I if want, they don't I've, get it? I want someone <laughs> who's going to pamper me, who's going to I understand. Yeah. There's a lot of. I have a lot of female in me. Mm-hmm. And, well, femininity um, in, a ma- in a man is very, very exciting. I do, I do. Yes. I, I love romance. I love passion. Uh, I love that whole part of You know, if I had a sex robot that I could program anyway, I think I would program him to be funny, to have like real good jokes. Okay, that is not funny. <laughs> that is not funny at all. Because David I mean, thinks he's have, funny. But you can I imagine a funny. world where you have the sex robot that actually interacts with a VR um, and so you can you can Ooh, program, them, program yeah. them to act out stories of yeah. your choice. Yeah, we love role playing. We've gotten um, a lot into that. Yes, in and I think that's probably rather than expecting the robot to act more like a human, I think that's probably a better way to go. Right. With all of them, is to program program them into um, act out scenes of your choice. Where right. much so like a VR. Game. I'm just going to say virtual reality for those who don't understand what VR yes. is. Sorry, yeah, virtual yeah. reality, is augmented a, reality, yes. or virtual reality. But seriously, what would your robot be? have oh I, I you know i really like the idea of surprise so i'm not really sure i would want anything more than um yeah it's just something different i mean you want to be able to yeah. customize moves i yeah. think penis size yeah. shape uh-huh. moves uh-huh. mine would have to like anal sex 
Yeah, exactly, right? Well, they'll like anything you want. That's right. the beauty. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Did they come with their own lube? <laughs> Maybe. Well, you probably got to supply that. <laughs> I think that's a small price to pay. We're coming right, to the yeah. end of our show. We've had a blast having you here, Bobby, with us, and we're so happy you could join us right in our studio. But let's leave our audience with some final advice. So why would you say it's important that we open our minds to the idea of some type of robotic companion one day being able to bring us joy and love into our lives? I mean, you want to be open to um, different forms of pleasure. Um, when you get into the fear it's going to replace humans thing, then you're going down the wrong road. Right. It's more of an augmentation of thing. But you also have to imagine that there's different groups of people who aren't as comfortable socially that might really benefit from having a companion. Um, but research shows actually that that is less the case and more that people are just super curious mm. um, and are interested in exploring different types of things. And so maybe that maybe that's my bias towards uncertainty and surprise is that when you are exploring different things, you should be open um, to just try stuff and see what works for you and what doesn't. And if it works for you, great. No shame, no judgment. Just go for it. Amazing. Bobby, thank you so much for being here. It's been a very enlightening show. Um, We always love talking about the future. Maybe one day we'll have you and Bryony on at the same time. Uh, Bryony's Mm -hmm. brand is the future of sex, Mm -hmm. and she is just a trailblazer out there with her hackathons. Um, But let's talk about Bobby. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, social media, website, and uh, maybe even reach out to you. Yes, so you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn and Facebook at Bobby Bedochka. I'm the only one in the world, so I don't need a unique handle. Um, Love uh, and Sex with Robot Conference, if you want to register, um, it's December 7th and 8th, www.lovewithrobots.com. And yeah, hit me up. Wow, that's Beautiful. amazing. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where all of our guests have their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them directly from there if you have a question about their work. And I love this, that we're learning more and more every week from all our expert guests. And we hope you do too. Let's just take a moment to remind everybody about our new partnership and relationship with altplayground.net. That's A-L-T, playground.net. Yeah, and if you're looking for an online, open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area, you should join altplayground.net. It's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include a lot of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded people. Like us. And remember to stay sexy and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, and practice social distancing. And please continue to wear your mask. And not forget to listen to our show and go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Bobby, thank you so much for being here live in our studio. My pleasure. And as we do every week, we thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And you can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life. Well, that's it, everyone. Remember, stay safe and, of course, stay sexy. Until next time. (laughs) 
you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 